Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This morning, it is a beautiful day, even though it is pouring down rain here. Why is it a beautiful day? Because March Madness is here, ladies and gentlemen. This bracket stinks. There's nothing good about it. So we're not even going to talk about it, but we are going to talk about the games. Coach Brad Underwood, whose team got beat by Arkansas, is going to join us to talk about the Razorbacks as they take on the UConn Huskies. I made too big a bet last night. I got into some Templeton Rye. I don't know if you know what rye whiskey is. I didn't. Urban told me about it. So I was sipping while I was reading a book. Uh, Next thing you know, I made too big a bet. Moneyline parlay. I like it, though. I took UConn and I took Tennessee. We got plus money. Made too big a bet. I am going to be proactive. And as soon as the show is over, well, actually, I got another thing to do. But then I'm going to go DoorDash all afternoon until the game starts just to pay off a little bit of it. In anticipation. All right, let's get right to it. John Morant. John Morant was back, and John Morant's daddy acting a fool. John Morant's daddy just can't help himself. John Morant's daddy is a hanger on. John Morant's daddy, T, is his name. Showed up and got his little hoodie, got his shades, got his hat, got all of his stuff. And you know what? Good for John Morant's dad. But I don't want to hear from idiots like Myron Metcalf of ESPN, how black fathers have it so bad they can't. No, 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 no. Doesn't matter if you're black. Doesn't matter if you're white. John Morant's dad needs to be a dad. John Morant's dad does not need to be a hanger on. He wears a redemption shirt, which is fine. I'm all for everything. I'm just telling you, if this is who John Morant's family was, then fine. But it's not. It's not who they were. And uh, idiots in the media, clowns like Myron Medcalf, a writer at ESPN, can make it into a race thing all you want. That's fine. But I've said the same thing almost every day about white parents that I either coached or I've watched. I've counseled some parents. Look, you can't be an idiot. You got to be a dad. You can't, you know, people have asked me for a long time to ask, or, hey, how do I handle being a father? I'm like, look, you don't do this. You don't put your shades and your hat and your stuff and your gold because that's not who this guy has been. He raised a great son. Now his son's going sideways, and this is what you get. Look, I know looks can be deceiving, but you've already had your other son banned from the arena. This guy has already had to go to counseling, and he's lucky because what if comes into play? What if, Plaxico Burris, that gun went down your pants? What if that gun went off in a club? I don't know. But that is serious business. That is something that could cost a, well, not only money, but a great future to spend time behind bars, maybe a lifetime behind bars. You don't mess with that stuff. And as a father, you smack the living hell and you say, stop. I've told you this before. Look, I got great kids and it's not by accident. It's not. My ex-wife and I raised the living hell out of these kids. Yeah, I paddle them. You don't like it? Tough. 
You do you. But I'll tell you this, a couple of things. I always told my kids, you go on Twitter or Instagram or wherever, and you get after a commentator, a coach, a public adult, I'm not paying for your college. It's that simple. That's what I'm doing. I'm not paying for I see all these little clowns that come at me and I open it up. Well, Ball State 2026. I'm like, yeah, you have idiot parents. Next time a little kid comes at you on Twitter, just understand it's not the kid's fault. They have idiot parents. It is John Moran's fault. He's not a child. He's 23 years old. But it is this guy, and this guy doesn't understand it. And again, you're just headed for a disaster. So you can write about, well, you know, it's racist, whatever you want to do. Hell, I've already, I've already been called racist this morning by some guy that, well, frankly, doesn't view people by the content of their character, only by the color of their skin. Me. It's like every day. People just don't like to hear the truth. When you, when you have a totally non-plus, non-racist mind, and you say things, everybody loses their mind. Well, that's on you, not me. Get it together, T, before I got to rip you again. All right, NCAA tournament. I mentioned Tennessee, FAU. Dusty May, we had him on the show. Here's the deal. Watch how the referees call this game. What does that mean? Tennessee, they get you in the mud. They're going to get you in the mud, but here's the mud. It's not like Florida Athletic Atlantic, I can't say, University is going to throw it in the post and we're going to bang and be physical. No, no, that's not it. Watch the hands. I would bet tonight you're going to see two, maybe three fouls called early on both teams, mostly Tennessee, on drives. Florida Atlantic likes to spread you. They want to drive you. They want to find the next guy. He's going to drive you. Well, what's physical about that? Well, hands body, hips on the driver. Watch how this game gets called. It's really important because, look, if they establish early that Tennessee cannot put your hands on FAU, Tennessee might have a problem. If they establish early, they're going to let this game go. They're going to let guys play. They're going to call fouls, don't get me wrong, but they're not going to call the little ticky-tack fouls. Then that is advantage Tennessee. I think Tennessee wins the game. I think Tennessee somewhere between 6 to 12 points. Uh, that's why I bet them. But it is interesting to see what happens here. Jahani Davis, kid from Gary, Indiana. Great player. Not good. Great. You heard us talking with Dusty about him. He's capable. I don't care whether it's Tennessee. I don't care who it is. FDU. doesn't matter. He's capable of going to get 30. Tennessee's got to stop. Now, on the other side, Tennessee is like one of those teams, it doesn't matter who we play, this is how we play. We're going to throw it around, we're going to drive it, we're going to kick it, we're going to find it. We don't have our point guard, so we're going to make up for it, but we're not slowing down. And frankly, they can score it basically any way you want. Are they a great offensive team? Of course not. But here's the deal. When you are a perimeter-oriented team like FAU is, watch for this, and you are playing against a great defensive team, and make no mistake, Tennessee is great. Turnovers for touchdowns. You're going to hear about this in a couple of these games. Meaning Tennessee without Ziegler doesn't score it as easy, but live ball turnovers, meaning I throw it, you intercept it, next thing you know it's two-on-one the other way. If Tennessee can get four or five of those in the game, they win easy. If they can't, we're going down to the wire. FAU's a good team. FAU's a really good team. 
Uh, Sparty and Kansas State. Let me go from Kansas State's perspective. I scouted against Sparty a lot of years. And here's what you got to do. Number one, you got to control the backboard. You cannot let Sparty kick the living you-know-what out of you on their offensive backboard. You just can't. That's the first thing Izzo wants to do. Here's why. Shoot it, miss it, rebound, score it. All right? What that does for Sparty is it makes their shooters comfortable. When you get no offensive rebounds, shooters tighten up a little bit. They do. But when I shoot it and I know, hey, Sissoko, Malik Hall, they're going to get the rebound, I loosen up and I shoot better. True story. So if you're K-State, you got to do that. Also with Michigan State, I've talked about this before. They're going to run on makes or misses. They're the only Big Ten team that does that. And guess what? They're the only Big Ten team left, and they're always the only Big Ten team left. Point guard's going to sprint it up. Wing's going to run left wing. Wing's going to run right wing. First big's going to run main street. Second big's going to trail, either for a shot, a handoff, maybe a ball screen, maybe a pin down, doesn't matter. They're going to get in right into that. you got to stop that now. Michigan State side, here's what you can't foul. Michigan State, again, I go to the whistle. Michigan State, you cannot foul. If you're going to foul, you're going to have a problem because you're going to give free points. You're going to give points to a team that is going to be interesting whether they can score enough. Now, if this game goes into the 80s, I don't think any team has the advantage. I think Michigan State can play it however you want to play it. You want to play it? I, when it doesn't matter. I, I don't think. But I, it doesn't mean I'm right. But I do think this. I, I, I think, and I'm not 100% sure about this, I think Michigan State will rotate guys on the kid Marquise Norwell. Norwell. The littlest guy in the tournament. Most dangerous guy in the tournament. Now, what I think you got to do, look, the guy's averaging 17 and 8 assists and four, uh, four st- uh, two steals in this tournament. You can play a smaller guy, give him a little bit of room as long as your hand is here. If your hand is down and you give him room, he's very comfortable jumping up and knocking it in. What you got to be able to do with him is take away the drive and pressure the shot, and that's not easy because he's uber, uber, uber quick. I mean quick on quick. But you got to contain him. I'm just telling you. And you know what? If you can in your Michigan State, then you're in business. But if you can't, then everybody else gets good shots. If you can't, then your guys get in foul trouble, and you got a real problem. That's how important this guy is. Uh, Joey Hauser from Michigan State has been on fire. Uh, let me see. I just saw this stat here earlier today. He's hit like three made threes a game, three and a half made threes a game in the tournament. Is water going to find its level and he goes over, or is he going to continue that? That's a big deal in this game, Joey Hauser, because he's the trail guy. He'll get some threes. It's just a matter of whether he's going to make or not. And as we all know, it's a make-or-miss tournament, baby. UConn and Arkansas. All right, here's the deal. People say, well, what's going on with Arkansas? I'll tell you what's going on with Arkansas, and we'll get a better breakdown from Brad Underwood, the Illinois coach, coming up here at 10 o'clock. But what's going on with Arkansas is they got guys, and sometimes it takes teams with guys to, oh, I don't know, kind of, sort of, maybe, you know, figure it out. People think that, well, Musselman coached in the G League. He coached in the CBA, coached in the NBA. He's used to putting teams together. Sure he is. But it does take a minute. Nick Smith got benched, which sent a signal to everybody else, man. Everybody. Hey, 
they'll bench Nick Smith, they'll bench me. Ricky Council the fourth. I don't know how athletic Ricky Council the third, second, or first is, but Ricky Council the fourth is fun, man. He's fun. He's athletic. This team plays with energy. Their coach is insane, which means I love him. But I think UConn wins. I think UConn is one of those teams that just has everything you need. They play with great passion. Danny Hurley demands it. They play with length. They run. You know, when they got down the other day, I started live betting them, and it was genius because, well, frankly, they were just better. And I don't know that they're just better in this game against Arkansas, but I will say this. Uh, of the teams that I have watched, and again, understand, the team you had yesterday isn't the team you had today, and it won't be the team you had tomorrow. Understand that, okay? Just understand that. So I don't know which UConn team is showing up, but that team is good enough to win a national championship. Somebody asked me, is UConn good enough? I'd say, yeah, Alabama's good enough. UConn's good enough. UCLA, Gonzaga, they're good enough. And speaking of UCLA and Gonzaga, here's something you need to watch, all right? When you're UCLA, what do you got to think about? You got to think about Drew Timmy. Drew Timmy can go on the block and foul half your team out. Drew Timmy can go on the block and pass his way out of double teams. Drew Timmy can go on the block and score 25. So how do you defend it? You got to have your mind right. What does that mean? That means I got to be in help side, helping on Drew Timmy, taking him away. But my mind is on getting back to my man. You got to have your head on a swivel. Where's my man? I'm helping on Timmy. I can't just kind of be there. Watch this tonight. Mick Cronin does a great job with his defense. When you are in help side defense, you have to take something away. You can't just be standing there thinking that, well, I'm in help side. Coach told me to be here. No, I got to have a hand. I got to be here taking the pass to Timmy away. But my mind on the pass, boom is ready to get back to a shooter. That's big in this game. You got to be able to take away the lane and pressure shooters. That's when you're playing real defense. See, sometimes people think real defense is a guy active on the ball, right? And then he gets whooped, layup comes, next thing you know, you're like, what happened? Well, real defense is being good enough to take away, not just be there, Clog the post, take the post guy away from help, and then be mindful enough, sharp enough mentally, that when that pass is thrown, boom, you're moving on the pass. You cannot move once the defender gets the ball. This is a little nerdy stuff for you, but what the hell? When the, def- when the offensive player excuse me, gets the basketball and you're not close enough to impact the shot, you're done. You're done because one of two things happen. One, he gets the shot. Two, you've got a longer recovery, and now the guy's going to whip you. You're coming this way, driver's going that way, and he beats you. That's huge in this game, so do yourself a favor. Seriously, do yourself a favor. Watch the lane in this game. Watch the paint. See who is good enough to get from the paint out to their man. Second thing, Jaime Jaquez. Jaime Jaquez is a great player. He's not a good player. He's a great player. Great. Okay, great players have to be great in these games. Drew Timmy has to be great in these games. That's what has to happen in the game. The other guy for UCLA is Tiger Campbell. See, I think Tiger Campbell is one of the most underrated players in the history of college basketball. 
Tiger Campbell gets you to Final Fours. Tiger Campbell missed a free throw the other day, cost him the Pac-12 championship. I'll bet you money that never happened before, and it won't happen again with Tiger Campbell. If you're going to say to me, who do you want at the free throw line late in the game to win your game, Tiger Campbell would be among the first two or three players that I would pick. He just would be. So, long story short, let's see what happens. Stars have to be stars. I'll tell you my bet again. I took Tennessee money line. I took UConn money line. Money line. One's a four and a half point favorite. One's a five and a half point favorite. I got plus money on it, which means if I bet, oh, I'll tell you what I bet. For, no, I'm not. I'm not telling you. I'm a little embarrassed. I am. I'm embarrassed that I bet so much on it. I think it was the rye whiskey talk, and I do. I think once in a while, and I didn't even have that much. It was smooth last night. I didn't get excited. Uh, I didn't get excited at all. All I did was go, here's one thing. One thing that I would do, and that is bet Tennessee. I can't believe And UConn. Money line. That's what I did. That is what I did. Uh, at the end of the day, that's what everybody should do. The world should do that. All right, we got basketball coaches. We got basketball coaches. Kim English is finalizing a deal to go to Providence. Good for Kim English, former terrific player at Missouri. And then on the other side, Ed Cooley, nicest guy in basketball. He was great. He's like, look, at Georgetown, I'm going to be talking, not to Jim Nance, because this is Jim's last year, but Iron Eagle after a championship. The great Bobby Barak joins us. One of the great things about the NCAA tournament on CBS is, in my opinion, I haven't had to listen to all the crap and commercials. I haven't had to listen to none of it. I haven't had to, I just, like Jason Whitlock said, just give me the game. Bobby Barak wrote an article that's terrific, and I'm just going to let Bobby go. Bobby, are we seeing the end of the woke culture in our institutions slash companies having an effect on us? First of all, Dan, I appreciate you having me. It's been a while. Well, I think to answer that question, Always. we have to go back of what started woke, what woke has come to mean now, because there's been a few iterations. What it really originated on is not what it means now, but what it currently means is I would say it's a way to redefine society by identity and association, to break our norms into dividing us based on our skin color, political views, ideology, now sexual orientation, and really our past mistakes. So that's what I think, quote unquote, what is woke today. But now to answer your question, is this influence falling? I think you have to see, well, how did it rise? See, a study found that only 8% of the electorate actually agrees with what woke has come to mean. That's hardly anybody. So the population does not endorse woke. However, it has infested nearly all of our U.S. institutions from big tech to Hollywood to comedy to music to academia to sports to especially media. So there's clearly a disparity between the influence and the support. And how they were able to do that, I laid it out in my column yesterday by capturing forms of messaging, by rigging the Twitter algorithm, by getting entertainers and athletes and media pundits all to endorse and propagate this idea. 
So the result of that is an over-index of the movement. You start to think, wow, the majority of the country, the consensus agrees with this. No, no, no. Just the people with influence agree with that. So a misrepresentation of society like that will last so long as the messengers, meaning the institutions and influencers, continue to spread the idea. What we're seeing now is what I would say a reversal of that in the beginning. You have Netflix shift in programming by deleting programs from like Ibram X. Kendi and about how men can have babies. And they're doubling down on Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle, two very controversial comedians over the past few years. They weren't necessarily always like that, especially Chris Rock. You see him now going after woke culture. You have Russell Brand taking his brand to rumble to evade the thought police. You have CNN allegedly shifting away from hyper-partisan content to cater more towards the middle. You have people like Dave Chappelle, Dave Portnoy, and Joe Rogan not bowing to cancel culture, but exposing it by pushing it back. So the end result of all this is the very institutions that help spread wokeness now has influencers within those industries pushing back. So I think this is the beginning of the woke losing influence that they really gained unilaterally by convincing the country they were more powerful than they actually are. I, you know, so then this brings me, because I think everything is follow the money, okay? Is go woke, get broke real? You did it? You there, Dan? I'm here, Bobby. Is is go woke, get broke real? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we talked about Netflix. So according to a Daily Mail profile, Netflix lost 2 million subscribers during the first quarter of 2020 when they introduced Ibram X. Kendi's anti-racist show, this show about how gender doesn't exist and doubling down on drag queen content. They lost 2 million subscribers. So either subscribers rebelled or they just said, well, we're not interested in this content. Well, in the fourth quarter of 2020, they canceled those shows and brought in shows with Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, and really what we would say not woke content, which really doubled down on what maybe middle America would want. And they gained, according to Daily Mail, 7 million subscribers. So there's a clear result there of that. It goes back to that study I cited there aren't that many people who agree with what woke comes to mean. So if you cater to a content for them, you're catering to a very small, radical, unappeasable group. Now think about it like this. Wokeism is derived from the progressive movement, meaning that it must always continue to progress. There's no end in sight. So what happens is you start with a real issue, maybe racism, which did exist. But once that issue is corrected, they can't accept the win. They have to keep on progressing. So you go from fixing an issue to overcorrecting to adding an issue. And that's where we are. So 20 or 15 years ago, it was a fight for gay marriage to legalize it. Well, now gay marriage is normalized, but they can't stop there. That has morphed into sexual indoctrination of kids or trying to act like drag queens, not perverted or trying to encourage kids or tell them that these dangerous sex changes are not nearly as problematic long-term as they are. So you start with an issue, then you create the issue because you can't stop. But I think what's happened is, is that 
the common sense folks that maybe originally agreed with this idea are saying, no, no, this has gone way too far. This is no longer a movement. This is a cult. You had a um, great word that you used in there, unappeasable. The idea that you could ever apologize or you could ever do something to appease this culture is insane, right? It's absolutely nuts. Absolutely. Well, think about it like this, Dan. I mean, there's shows that could easily appease you and I. I mean, like, I don't know, if you tell a good mob story or you have good humor, like, like a lot of people will watch it. But if you start appeasing to that group, they're never going to be satisfied. I mean, if, if the show is diverse enough for them, they'll say – it doesn't represent the LGBT community or they'll say that it, it's offensive in another way or the jokes aren't good enough or that now you're seeing that if there's not enough fat people involved in their production, that's offensive. Now, I'm not joking. That's actually a discussion following the Oscars that fat phobia has infested Hollywood production uh, amid the whale being nominated for so many awards. So you can't appease these people no matter what you do, no matter how far you try to bow and make amends with them, they're always going to find something else that's offensive. So by virtue of that, they're never going to be happy and they're never going to support the content no matter what. So you might as well just say, hey, let's just forget about them because A, they're not that large. I mean, you can't really make a business appealing to 8% of the population. And two, they're never going to be appeased. So it, it, it's a it's really counterproductive to any business trying to make that your key demographic. Yeah, Bobby, what what, what is the future? Let me ask you that. What what is the future here? What what do you see happening here, you know, a year from now? Where are we going to be at with all this? Well, I think you have a more fragmented culture, which I think we were heading towards somewhat anyways. Like I mentioned Russell Brand. He's on Rumble. Rumble's doing some really great things where you're not so reliant on the jurisdiction of thought police, where outrage does not become the arbiter of your success. So you're going to see more brands, whether it be the Daily Wire making film now or Netflix saying, well, we're not going to listen to these people anymore. We're done. I think you're going to have some brands make it where I would say they prioritize most of the country, but you're still going to have like Disney, Amazon, Apple, and Comcast trying to appeal to the group we just talked about who you can never appeal to. But I think a more fragmented culture is where this is heading. And I think while that is not the best case scenario, it's far better than what it has been where the entire mainstream is this way, where the more common sense content has been relegated to the fringes. We're starting to see a shift now where I think there's going to be a lot more opportunity for people like Russell Brand and Chris Rock and those guys to tell their side of American culture. And you're starting to already already see that and it's having major influence. I mean, some of the comments that Chris Rock has made on Netflix are not comments the streamer would have supported even two, three years ago. Appreciate you, brother. Thanks, Bobby. That's great stuff, man. That's great Thanks, stuff. Yeah. Great stuff. That's Bobby Bragg. He's America's conscience. I mean, if you read him, you'll understand that everybody's afraid. Like, I get called racist every day. I'm being called uh, a guy named Sherman Woodward. I'm serious. Is it racism or penis envy? Yes, it's penis envy. People are nuts. You got to toe the line, man, or else, you know, guys will get mad. Guys will get crazy. I've always said, 
I judge by the content of character. Always have, always will. Where I grew up, that's what you did. All right, when we come back, ESPN fires an executive vice president who's in charge of, well, I don't know, Sports Center 6 for alleged harassment. Rob Manford says, we're going to have some new things coming in baseball. Look, baseball, I'm here to help you. And wow, CJ Stroud gaining interest. And I'm going to be back with this. See this? This is what we call a mess. We'll be right back. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, one of the things that you have in your city or my city or any city that has an NFL team is do you trust your front office to make the right draft choice? I mean, that is literally what things are about. You know what I mean? That, that's what it comes down to. And we're going to get into this in just a minute because everybody and their mother, everybody was at C.J. Stroud's pro day yesterday. I mean, everybody. I mean, hell, you had owners there. Owners don't go to anything, but owner does in this case. And the fact of the matter is, C.J. Stroud getting a lot of attention. Then you know what? Everybody goes to Alabama's pro day. I think it's today. And they watch Bryce Young. It's like, all right, everybody get in the car. Get on your plane. Let's go. And we're going to go watch Bryce Young. But the question becomes, do you, ladies and gentlemen, Trust. Do you trust your guy to make the pick? I'm going to piggyback on what Bobby was talking about. You know, ESPN, one thing you don't see fired anywhere is the champion of diversity. Like the Indy Star got rid of a guy named David Wood, who was a terrific reporter, did the Butler B track. He did all the good stuff that nobody else wants to do, the low-profile stuff, right? You never see those guys fired. I mean, I'm sorry. You never see the diversity and inclusion people fired. You only see, like, the front people. Well, ESPN senior executive Rob King got the boot. He got the boot. He said, after nearly 20 years with ESPN, I decided the time is right to leave the company. Yeah, Rob. Uh, how about sexual harassment? Sexual harassing media posts. This was a dude that brought you some such famous things as Michael Smith and Jamel Hill. This is a guy that was hired simply because he was going to be the guy that brought diversity on the screen. And he had the credentials for it. He was from the uh, Philadelphia Inquirer. He did. He had the uh, credentials. And he was a big-time deal here. But apparently... Uh, being responsible for the company's overall journalistic direction, working closely with leaders across ESPN film, original content, digital content, social media, multimedia. Well, guess what? He got fired. And ESPN ain't talking. The New York Post is saying that this guy got himself into a little harassment. He's not the only one. You know, but the truth of the matter, I went 35 years and I've never been harassed, nor have I ever harassed. 
Damn. A friend of mine, oh, I'm not even going to get into it, but I, I've never been harassed. The heck? But I don't want to be harassed, and I live in a basement now, so I'm not going to get harassed. But anyway, uh, adios to you. Goodbye, adios. Rob Manfred says some adjustments to the new rules will be announced in the next few days, signaling disapproval from both fans and players. You know, whenever we have Rob Dibble on, he tells you what an idiot Rob Manfred is. Now, I'm not one of those guys that tries to do somebody else's job, and if Rob Manfred thinks things need to be tweaked, then things need to be tweaked. But I will tell you this. Say whatever you'd like, get mad, glad, angry, or sad, but the fact of the matter is speeding up baseball games is a great idea, and getting rid of the shift is a great idea, and anybody that doesn't like it, good for you. There are going to be small changes to the pitch clock. Okay, fine. I mean, what are you going to do? Who cares? Major League Baseball has control over all of the on-field rules. They will continue with the parameters of the pitch clock, 15 seconds with the bases empty, 20 seconds with the runner on base, hitter needing to be alert in the batter's box with at least eight seconds remaining. On one end, we are prepared to make adjustments based on input. On the other, we want to give it a chance, see how it plays out exactly over a period of adjustment in some regular season game. All right. All of a sudden, guess what's happened in baseball? These pitch clock violations, they seemingly are going away. Why? Because players will adjust. It used to be a game was three hours, one minute. Now it's 2.36. I can get down with that. I can set my clock to most games, not not NCAA games, because frankly, in NCAA games, the timeouts are longer and the half times are longer. But the truth of the matter is you got two hours in a college basketball game. That's enough. Two and a half hours for a baseball game, I can get down with. Three hours, you're stretching my patience. So good for baseball. I know that a lot of people don't like it. I don't care. I do like it. I do. I think it's great. All right, back to the NFL. C.J. Stroud. Now, C.J. Stroud is a guy that a lot of people want, is a guy that a lot of people feel is the prototype NFL quarterback. But I got to ask you a question. Does he love football? I can sit there at C.J. Stroud's pro day at Ohio State, watch him run, watch him move, talk to him. He's a bright kid. He does all the intangibles. Everything's great. Everything's fantastic. Okay? But the truth of the matter is, does he love football? Is he an everyday guy? Now, he's young. Will he learn to be an everyday guy? I was talking on a radio show in Columbus about this very thing. And I didn't bring it up. A former player on Ohio State's national championship teams did. He said, you know what? I'm not sure when I asked him whether or not C.J. Stroud should be a guy the Colts should go after. Look, if you judge by Georgia, absolutely, and that is how I would judge it. But in the NFL and the NBA, it's not about that. If you want to be great, you got to be all day. you got to be all day. You can't just show and go. You know, that was Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck liked football, didn't love football. Andrew Luck made a million dollars, and he skedaddled. Kyler Murray, they had to put in his contract, hey, look, son, study. Cut out Call of Duty and study. That means he's not all in. Tom Brady, all in. Peyton Manning, it's legendary here in the great state of Indiana, in the city of Indianapolis. Tom Brady, or excuse me, Peyton Manning would get wide receivers when they were drafted or signed, go to Zionsville High School and work them out, even before their press conference. That's all in, people. That, ladies and gentlemen, is what you do when you want to be the absolute best. I know people in Kansas City that tell me, look, I get it. 
We talk about Mahomes' brother. We talk about his wife. But nobody, nobody works harder in the offseason than Patrick Mahomes, of course. So is C.J. Stroud an everyday guy? I don't know the answer. I didn't even think that he was, and tell you the truth, until a guy named Tyus Powell said it to me. Until he, he said, eh, I don't, yeah. I mean, whenever there's doubt, what, and here's what ends up happening. Whenever there's doubt, you have to, you have to make excuses for him. You know what I mean? I'm just telling you. I am just telling you. You got it. When you start making excuses, you got a real, real, real problem. Real problem. I'm just, you know, it is what it is. That's the deal. That is the deal. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you ain't a real guy, I don't want you. I don't care about Bryce Young's size. It doesn't matter to me at all. I just want him really good. So, there you go. Speaking. Hey, look here. A transgender female. A transgender female wins the New York City women's cycling event, angering critics, saying it's not fair at all. Well, let me explain something to you. I have the solution. I do. I have the solution. Here's the solution. The solution is, quite frankly, I'm born a chick. I run as a chick. I'm born a dude. I run as a dude. I'm trying to be hip. I'm trying to be colloquial. I don't even know what that means. Was that colloquial? I don't know. But anyway, the truth of the matter is that's what I do. I say if you are a guy that was born a guy, compete as a guy. You want to transition? Great. Compete as a guy. You're born a girl? Compete as a girl. And here's the deal. Here's the deal. It's the same thing with bathrooms, which is so stupid. Sarah Huckabee Sanders, she just put a law into Arkansas that says, look, if you're born a dude, use the men's room. You're born a chick, use the ladies' room. There you go. It's awesome. Absolutely awesome. I'm being called a racist now. It's, it's fantastic. Anyway, that's how I look at it. It's very simple. Hey, Micah Shrewsbury, really good dude. I already apologized because I said, what has Shrewsbury done that the previous regime didn't? He brought respect. He did. He brought respect to Penn State basketball. Everybody looked at Penn State different now. I'm not saying that Micah Shrewsbury is going to go to Notre Dame and kill it. I have no idea. I don't. He didn't kill it at Penn State, but he was building to kill it, and he's smart getting the heck out of there. You're at Penn State. That ain't like being at Illinois. That ain't like being at Indiana. That ain't like being at Michigan. Man, Penn State's hard. Michigan, Illinois, Indiana, the states are named after them, and oh, by the way, The basketball is where kids grow up wanting to play. And you have a national brand. Penn State's brand football. Ohio State's brand's football, but it's Ohio. It's the biggest state with the most players outside of maybe Texas and California. But I digress. Anyway, truth of the matter is good for them, good for him. It's a win-win for both. It's a big loss for Penn State. It really is because I do think this. 
There was always things going on with Pat Chambers. But you know what? Micah Shrewsbury came in and did a great, great job. The key to Notre Dame, the key to Penn State, the key really to every job right now is evaluating talent. Like, you're looking everywhere. That Jalen Pickett kid, I think he came from Siena. He was a really good player. you got to evaluate. The best evaluator that I saw was John Beeline. John Beeline found guys that people wanted. I'm not saying he got dudes that nobody wanted, but John Beeline was great. Not good, great at finding guys. Glenn Robinson III. So there you go. Anyway, I digress. All right, latest NFL moves, ladies and gentlemen. Remember Elijah Moore? Elijah Moore started whining and complaining. All he did was complain and whine when he wasn't getting the ball. This is what happens in the real world. Yeah? Good for you, Elijah. Tell you what, we're going to let you go to Cleveland. We've got something exciting here with the Jets. Well, we're going to ship you and a third-round pick for a second-round pick to the Cleveland Browns. Go get him, Elijah. See, that's good business. You shut up, you don't say nothing, and next thing you know, boom, boom, gone. It's what's going to happen to J.J. Redick eventually, although it's not going to probably be in this round of cuts at ESPN, but it'll happen eventually. Uh, Mercall Hardiman has agreed to terms with the Jets on a one-year deal. Nah, right? Hardiman was considered a bust with the Chiefs. And now, okay, Elijah, you want to complain? We're going to bring in a guy right now. Right now. See, I like that. Maybe the Jets are serious people. See, people that aren't serious are, well, you know, we like a lot. We're going to make excuses. You don't make excuses for nobody. 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 There you go. I don't understand why more teams don't do that. I don't understand why more teams don't just say, all right, we're taking our team back. See, I believe in the NFL eventually people will take our team back. I do. Uh, I do. I think people will eventually take their teams back. See, the Colts need to take their team back. Let me show you something. This is our boy Chris Ballard. You feel about four right now. Good. I think we'll get the best player in the draft, to be quite honest with you. That dude talks. Chris Ballard just talks. And he's arrogant and he's smug. I love the fact that Chris Ballard, based on zero accomplishment, can sit there so smugly, we'll get the best player in the draft. There's no evidence that Chris Ballard is going to get the best player. There's evidence that he'll screw it up. See, the Colts need to take their team back. It's a little like ESPN. ESPN needs to take their team back. ESPN, and that's what they're doing. They're like, look, we've gone away from sports. This is crazy. We got L. Duncan chiming in in the middle of a game? We got Jalen Rose lying on the court of an NBA playoff series? Our NBA finals about social media stuff, social justice. We got to take this back and make it about sports. See, I get called a racist when I say that. Well, you're just talking about black. I'm talking about making it about sports. 
I, I can't understand how it ever got away from being about sports. Seriously, think about it. ESPN, I get it. It's entertainment. But the fact of the matter is, man, the deal is simple. Make it about sports. Let shows like ours that aren't, you know, let us tell you about what's interesting in the world. Because frankly, I judge people by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. But anyway, so Chris Ballard and other GMs, I've actually not seen other GMs be so arrogant. I would be curious in your city. I would be very, very clear. I would be very curious. Are other cities dismayed with their general manager from the standpoint of arrogance to not any accomplishment on that scale? Arrogance high, accomplishments low. Look, I look. Bill Belichick can be as arrogant as he wants because, well, frankly, he's won more than anybody in the history of the game. Our guy acts like he's won more than anybody. I'd be curious. I seriously would be curious. Is there is there any other, any anywhere, anytime, anyhow, any other fan base that sits there and goes, you know, we haven't won squat. But our general manager is sure arrogant. Like, do the Jets, are they arrogant? Robert Sala doesn't seem arrogant to me. I don't even know who the general manager is. Like, all Giants, are they arrogant? Is John Lynch arrogant? But he's actually gotten a team into the playoffs and had a home game. Our guy here has not. You know, I don't hear anything. And maybe it's just because I live here in Indianapolis. But I would be curious to the arrogant... Lack of accomplishment ratio. It's interesting. It is an interesting dynamic because our guy, man, oh man, smug, arrogant, and really silly. I wonder what it is. I wonder what the ratio is. Do you have a ratio? Is that racist? I don't know. What is, all right, put it out on Twitter. Uh, No, I'm sorry. Put it out on somewhere. What is the ratio? What should be your level of arrogance? If you're arrogant to an eight level, should you at least be in the Super Bowl? Our guy's arrogant to a 10 level. I mean, he is arrogant. He is like, man, he is, well, we'll get the best player. Well, here's the, I'll, I'll send you another video, Dylan, of him Toasting in the basement of St. Elmo's. Here's the kick in everybody's backside. Really? Man, oh man. I just look at people and I say, if you're that good, your record will show it. Now, I was that good and my record doesn't reflect it because everybody on my team got injured. And I'll make an excuse. I'll give him. I'll give him luck walked out. At a bad time. But damn, six years later, six years later, you got to, don't you? You got to stand up and say, man, we got to win something. Man. Or you should just shut up. Anyway, that's the way I look at it. I used to say this about a player at Indiana. He's a deadly combination of arrogant and stupid. It's a deadly combination. Like, I'm stupid, but I'm not arrogant, and I know I'm stupid. If you know you're stupid, you can deal with it. 
If you don't know you're stupid because you're too arrogant, then you're never going to overcome being freaking stupid. Does that make sense? Like, I, you got to know what you don't know. So Ballard says they're going to get the best player. That's great. Uh, all right. Uh, all right. So the question I'm asking, is our guy arrogant or just smug? Is there a difference? What is the difference? Seriously, what is the difference? I don't know. Or am I just being unappeasable? That's a great word by Bobby Barak. Is Dockage just unappeasable? Is he just unappeasable? I think I am. I think maybe Ballard, I, I like Ballard. Ballard used to come on my show. The, the idea that I don't like Ballard uh, isn't true. But the idea that I don't respect him, the job he's done, is absolutely true. And once I lose respect, it's over. I cannot stop myself. But I'm just curious. I don't want to be unappeasable. You know what I mean? I don't know. It seems like I'm becoming that way. Uh, Mark Cuban lost his ever-loving mind. I don't know if you saw it yesterday, but it was glorious. I've never seen this before. The referee's saying this way, this way, this way. Next thing you know, I I don't even know what happened. The Mavericks thought it was their ball going that way. It wasn't their ball going that way. It was the Warriors' ball under their own bucket going this way. The ball was handed to the Warriors. They just laid it in. And it was unreal. And when you look at the referee, they were talking about this morning on SportsCenter, he's pointing that way, then he goes this way, then he goes that way. And apparently nobody told Jason Kidd, we can't play it because of all the copyright restrictions, but it was the damnedest thing I've ever seen. I've never, I've watched basketball since I was seven years old at Merrillville Junior High playing bitty basketball, and I've never seen that. Like, usually you go to the wrong free throw line or you take it out of bounds wrong, and you're like, all right, well, the referee will go, hold on, let's get that set up. You know what I mean? Let's, let's get that set up. You know, I mean, but they didn't. And if you watch it and you've ever, and you've watched a lot of basketball, I dare you to watch that YouTube chat or Twitter. I dare you to watch that and go, you know, I've seen that before, and it not be a fifth grade game. I'm telling you, they took it out under their own basket. They handed it to that Moody kid. He laid it in right here, and the entire Warriors team thought it was their ball. But here's the weird thing. I'm sorry, the entire Mavericks team. Nobody on the Mavericks was taking the ball out. I'm telling you the level of weirdness on this play. So here's what Mark Cuban decided. Mark Cuban said, hey, look, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to protest the game. And there's been protests in the past, but he probably, he probably, probably has a point. But I, can you see in the front office, all right, Mark, what do you want us to do? Well, why don't you take those two points away? Okay, what would you like us to do? I'm waiting. Uh, well, we should replay the game. Really? You want to replay the game? All right. Uh, okay. Wow. Think about it. Like, you remember, wherever in Little League and your coach is going to protest the game. All right. Cuban lost his damn mind, by the way, and I love every minute of it. See, Cuban is passionate, attention-grabbing, and weird, and there ain't nothing wrong with it. Mark Cuban used to own a place in Bloomington called Motley's, and he ran out on a $10,000 bill. He and Mark Wagner 
had their car packed, drove to Dallas, started Broadcast.com. He became a billionaire. Wagner made more money than him. Wagner's mother and my mother were best of friends. So I know the story inside and out. Wagner has invested in a lot of things. There's a lot of great things, but nobody really knows him in Dallas. He just stays to himself for the most part. And Cuba's just out here going crazy, and I love every second of it. I do. I love every second of it. It's awesome. Fantastic. <laughs> He's running around. Hey, why are you talking on my uh, screen here? See? 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 Look, I'm telling you right now. They, on this television show, they do this. They listen to my show. Now I got the fan show going. This is insane. Just insanity. YouTube chat, is it okay for a GM to be arrogant? That's the poll question on the YouTube chat, but you got to add to it with so little accomplishment. Uh, Dan Shrewsbury joins women's basketball coach Neil Ivey, football coach Marcus Freeman to give the Irish three blackhead coaches in the three major sports. Notre Dame joins Syracuse. Good. There you go. Awesome. Dan declared a tie, play the overtime before the next game. Okay. That's cool. I'm in. If that's what you think. But I got to tell you, uh, seems like a hassle to me. But, hey, if that's what we're going to do, then that's what we're going to do. Yeah, there's a lot of ways you can go about it, right? And if that's what you want, that's cool. I ain't mad at it. But the fact of the matter is it's a big hassle. What I would say is, look, hey, man, refs made a mistake. What do you want to do about it? What do you want? Nothing. Let's go. Uh, Nothing to see here. Move along. Apologize. Do all the things that they do as refs and say, okay, we're done. We're done. That's it. We're good. Move along. Hey, uh, Brad Underwood's going to join us from Illinois, and Brad and I are going to talk about what has made Arkansas so good. The Razorbacks are going down, at least according to my big bet of the night against UConn. Now, you've asked me, so I'm going to tell you. This is crap. If you screenshot this, you're going to see total and complete crap. However, Gonzaga, still alive. IU, gone. Purdue, gone. Arizona, gone. I stinks. But I do want to ask Brad Underwood what he thinks of Izzo's team, what he thinks of Arkansas. And we're going to get into a bunch of college hoops with the head coach of the Flying Illini, the Fighting Illini. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. All right, one of my favorites, the great Brad Underwood, nice enough to join us, head coach of the Fighting Illini. Hey, man, you played them. You played Arkansas. Arkansas taking on UConn tonight. What is your take? Why are they playing well? Well, the freshmen aren't freshmen anymore. They've played. They've all played enough, been through enough battles. Um, they are tremendous defensively. Uh, they've got great, great size. Uh, Ant Black at 6'7 at the point. Um, I, You know what? I and, and, Dan, I think they've really become great at understanding their roles. Um, you know, 
uh, Ricky Council is playing like, um, you know, he's such a DeMar DeRozan type guy. Unbelievable mid-range game. Great. Um, uh, Devo is, is, is just nasty. Um, they can goon you. I mean, they can, they can just physically get up in you and, and, and the Mitchell twins are transferred. They've got great depth. Um, you know, they have some, they have some spurts, good and bad, but they can just physically just annihilate you on the defensive end. They've got great, great hands, great, uh, great ability. They're not a great shooting team, but the tournament has proven that you don't have to be a great shooting team. Nobody's shooting it any good, but it's, it's, it's pound that thing in the paint and get it there somehow, get to the foul line and guard. And that's what, um, that's what they're doing. Great. You know, you didn't even mention Nick Smith. A lot of people are telling me how good Nick Smith is, but he got benched, uh, in the third round of 32 in, in our game as well. And, and it's, it's just kind of, uh, uh, it's not a knock on him. I think they it shows their depth. Um, it, it shows their uh, uh, Ricky Councils really stepped up. Devo steps up in the in the Kansas game, uh, and uh, you know Jordan Walsh just locked down defender. He might be one of the best defenders I've seen, and especially for a freshman in in, in some time. And um, you know it, it's uh, uh, they they they're funny. They don't they don't post you a lot. Um, even though they've got size, uh, the Johnson kid who's playing at, at, at the center spot, I think somebody told me he's, he went 25 games this year where he played under 10 minutes a game and he starts against us and he starts against Kansas and is just, I mean, he's just your junkyard dog. I mean, he just, he just creates havoc and is physical and hard nosed and tough. And, um, you know, their toughness was, was extraordinary. The, the, the two games I've seen him in, in Des Moines. Have you seen enough of UConn? Probably not to make a great judgment. I know they're bigs. Um, I know a little bit about their team. I know Danny's a really good coach. They, they guard, um, you know, they're a team that I don't know how they've been at the point. Um, and, and, you know, that's something that uh, they really bothered us with their, with their ball pressure. Uh, getting into us, taking us out of offense, um, and they're very they're very disruptive at that. And you know, when when you drive the ball into the paint, uh, there's a lot of long arms and, and and a lot of hands in that paint. So, um, you know, I love their bigs. Uh, they'll play through them, I would think. Uh, but uh, be an interesting matchup. You know, you've coached. I mean, I'm looking at this. When we, you're the perfect guy to have on. You've coached against damn near half of this Sweet 16, for crying out loud, you know, with your schedule this year. So I'm just going to run through. Give me your thoughts, UCLA. You beat them early in the year. I've said all year they're the best team we played. Now, they really? have been – yeah, not even close. Not even close. Um, we got them at, a, at, at, at the right time. Um, I loved their team. Now they're dinged up. I don't know to what extent. Um, they've got a senior point guard. I think they've got the best player in the country, uh, maybe outside of Zach um, and, and Jaime Jaquez. Um, you know, they lose Clark, who was a you know all-league all guy, uh, and yet they're still here they are. Um, I don't know how bad Singleton's injury is. Amani Bay or uh, – um, the freshman, uh, geez, I'm drawing a blank on his name, is playing much better. 
they're good. They're really good. They guard the heck out of you. Uh, and uh, they're freshmen have grown up. And I thought they were tremendous. You know, um, I want to talk about Tiger Campbell for just a second. You know, Tiger Campbell, to me, I know he missed a free throw in the Pac-12 championship game, but as, as I watch college basketball, I think I watched more this year than I maybe ever have in my life. That dude is just one of those guys. I'm partial to Jaime Jaquez. Jaime Jaquez and his whole family stayed with me during the NCAA tournament for three weeks. My wife coached his aunt. So I think Jaime Jaquez and his family, they're the greatest people. I just enjoy So I'm to take him out of it for a second. But I'm glad you mentioned Tiger Campbell. I think that dude is just a stud winner. Greatest compliment you can give him, right? He just, all he does is win. He guards the heck out of you. Uh, he, they, they run a, they run something every trip. Uh, he's developed into a very good shooter. He's, uh, he's a great playmaker in the paint. Um, absolutely. Uh, does he translate maybe to the NBA? I don't know, but I know as a college player, who cares? there's not a coach in the country that would not want that guy leading their team and, and ultimate, ultimate leader winner. They never, they hardly ever take him off the floor. Um, he, he's, he's a connector, uh, elite, elite. And like you said, Jaime, Jaime might be my favorite player in the country. I, I'm with you, but again, I'm biased, but I, I saw him not make first team All-American and I thought, who the hell's voting on this? Now that means I got to take somebody off and I don't like doing that, but that dude to me, hey, uh, Texas, you played against them too, brother. Uh, interim coach Rodney Terry, athletic, you've seen Marcus Carr for like 100 years in the Big Ten. I think that guy's 36 years yeah. old still playing. Big key for them is, is they are very old. Uh, no one's mastered the portal like Texas has, um, you know, they're, 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 they're the best at it. That, that, that roster has been well put together. Uh, they're not extremely big, uh, but they're so old. They're so physical. They play grown up man basketball, as I call it. And, and there's a physicality and there's a purpose. Uh, their depth is very good. Uh, Sir, Sir Jabari Rice has, has developed into an outstanding player, Marcus Carr, uh, the transfer from Iowa State, and then they just throw a bunch of six, seven, very, very physical guys at you from Brock Cunningham to Bishop to uh, the kid from the kid from uh, Vanderbilt uh, is playing his tail off right now. Deep and old, and I would not bet against them uh, if I bet, which I'm not allowed to do by NCAA standards. Yeah, I mean, you know, we'll delete that when you know. If I yeah. were betting, and I am. Uh, I, I would take Texas because, well, frankly, every time I watch – Coach, I, I've tried to explain this to people. And from a coaching standpoint, I've always thought this. You watch a player, he either gets better in your mind's eye or he gets worse. You watch a team, they either get better in your mind's eye or they get worse. The more I watch Texas, the more I like them. They're one of those kind of teams to me. Absolutely. And – I think it's been the emergence of Sir, Sir Jabari Rice. I think it's been the emergence of, 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 of Brock Cunningham. I think their role identification uh, has become better. Uh, and that they're old and they're playing with a common cause. They're playing for each other and they're playing to win. And, and uh, I, I really thought one of their great challenges would be the Penn State game uh, because Penn State's the only team in the country maybe older than them. 
And uh, you know that all that experience is 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 invaluable. And those those guys know exactly what they're playing for, and they're not just out there hooping and 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 they're playing for 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 a greater purpose. And um, man, that's pretty valuable. Uh, Coach Michigan State Izzo in the Final Four. He's told me all year. He, quote, loves this team. Thought they didn't guard for a while. Uh, give me your thoughts on Izzo's team, please. Yeah, great guard play. Um, and then you, you've got uh, um, the young kids inside have, have matured and gotten better. Uh, I, I think the one thing that really impressed me with 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 Iz and their team in their last game against Marquette is they were. I think they were the best three-point shooting team in the Big Ten. And they shot it horribly and still won. So it shows their growth. It shows uh, that team's, that team's um, you know, got a guy who can go get a basket when offense breaks down in Walker. Uh, Hauser's shooting the cover off of it. Uh, the Aikens kid is, is, is turned into a really good defender. He's so athletic. But they put three guys out there on the court, who, and I think this is really important in, in, in the NCAA tournament with, with – with their, their three guards, they put three guys who can go beat you off the dribble. And um, now they're, they're, they're tough. They're guarding Sissoko's plays with great purpose. They don't ever have to throw him the ball unless it's a lob or a dunk. But he's mastered his role. And then those freshman bigs are coming in, impacting the game. And you got Malik Hall off the bench, who's another guy that's as, as old as dirt. And he's playing better. He fought injuries. So... I like their team a lot, and it and it starts all with their guards. With me, their their guards, they got three of them who all can beat you off the bounce, and and uh, that's what it takes in the tournament. You know, it was about two weeks ago, coach, that I was just kind of looking at teams, and I did not realize because I don't think I've ever seen this. I've been around. I'm not. I haven't been in the Big Ten since 2008, but I've been around the Big Ten, pay attention to the Big Ten. And I don't know that I've ever seen Izzo's team lead the league in three-point shooting. You know, rebounding, yes. Rebounding margin, yes. That kind of – but I don't think I've ever seen that. You know what's – what's and what's really interesting, and I'll throw in this little sidebar. When we played them in Champaign, we, and, and we, we happened – we were fortunate that night we beat them. They were 0 for 7 from the three. They did not make a three in the game. <laughs> and, and then they, they went on this, 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 this run, and, and uh, they got hot. Um, Hauser, you know, is, is one of those guys. If he gets his, if he gets his feet set, it's a bucket. He's not going to miss it. And, and with that, they've just gained confidence. And, uh, um, you know, he's going to, he's still got the same play card, Dan, he did in 2008. So, you know, it's still, it's still all those floppy actions and, and they just got better at it. And, uh, and, and then they're playing a little more in ball screen. So, um, you know, they've just, they've, they've mastered it and they've gained confidence from that. Coach, I, I had him on the show the other day, and I said that exact thing. I go, Jesus, you need a bucket. You hit the high post. Guards run down. Wings pinned down. Try to slip the screen. I go, I think I go, I, the first time I was in the Big Ten, I left in like 98. I think Judd was running those things back in the day. I go, God dang. Same stuff. Hey, he'll, he'll walk over and give you the – he'll give you his, his play card. He said, just good luck guarding it. And uh, – but it's um, yeah, they they they're, I like them. I like their team, and uh, you know I think they got a tough matchup with Kansas State because Kansas State will five way switch, um, and and but they've got guards who can 
you know, there's more and more teams, Dan, five-way switching. And if you don't have guards that not just shoot it, but guards that can beat you off the bounce, and you better have multiple guys who can do that. And if you can't do that um, and, and make some shots and get to the foul line and offensive rebound, uh, you, could, you could have a tough night. Speaking of that, your alma mater, Kansas State, I, I liked what uh, Coach Tang said. He goes, look, we had more dudes than Kentucky. Probably did that. Noel kid's a problem, is he not? Yeah, we played them a year ago uh, in, a, in a tournament, and uh, he's a problem. He's because he's got he's got he's he's one of those little guys that's I say little guys and not I don't want to get in a in a right in a chapel, right. but he's People got unbelievable yeah he's got unbelievable range he's uh, you know I had Phil Forte when I was at Oklahoma State who was five nine five ten and he just backed up further and and that's what that's what Noel does he just backs up and you have to guard him at five six seven feet behind the line. Well, then all of a sudden that quickness becomes a real problem. And uh, Jerome's done a great job of, of just letting him play. Uh, the Johnson kid from Florida uh, has proven to be a, 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 a monster, just an incredible talent. And, uh, you know, but they're, they're old. Uh, you know, Noel's old. Johnson's old. Um, he's done a great job. And, and they don't have great physical Root strength in the interior, but they've got great length. Coach, you mentioned five-man switching. Can you have a five-man if you are uh, – who the hell are they playing? Sissoko, someone like that. Can he switch to Noel, or you got to figure something else out? Um, I think it'll d- depend. Um, I think Sissoko can guard him. I don't know if the freshman could guard him in, in five-way. So then you've got the problem yeah. of, you know, the four other guys. Well, when Sissoko's in, we're gonna we're gonna play five way switching. Uh, if we got so and so in, we're 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 only gonna do this coverage. You know, Tom's pretty consistent in his ball screen coverage. You know, he likes to be up at the level and 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 veer with a pretty hard hedge and um, and and then let his guards fight the battles. Um, but uh, you know, five way switching is becoming it's obviously the way in the NBA. Uh, and it's becoming more and more prevalent and popular in, uh, in in the college game. Is there a team, you know, we, that we haven't mentioned that you've seen or you know the coach that you really like that's left? If Gonzaga gets by UCLA, I like them a lot. Um, they are their their offensive numbers every year are just extraordinary. Um, I thought that they could they could get um, they'd have their hands full with TCU because TCU just kind of mucks the game up and Gonzaga scored 83 or whatever in that game and didn't make any threes and uh, shot it horribly and that's not them usually um, and then uh, you know kind of the um, you know kind of the dark horse I mean I'm I'm really curious to see. Um, the, the, the Princeton game, I, I think they're a team that I like. You know, I like Florida Atlantic. I, I, I think there's some teams that, that have the ability. Florida Atlantic just going to hoop, and then they got great depth, and they get hot on a night. Who knows? You mentioned old. I did not know this, boss. Did you know Drew Timmy has another year if he wants it? Sure. Why would he not come back? I know. It's, 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 the, greatest, it's the greatest thing. It's the greatest. I mean, you think about this. 
and I could be wrong, Zach Eady could have two more years. Right. Zach Eady could have two right. more years. And, and um, you know, with, with NIL and, and you, you think of all the records that Zach Eady could put together. And, well, Drew Timmy's already Gonzaga's all-time leading scorer. I mean, Drew Timmy in another year could be one of college basketball's all-time greats. And, uh, you know, we'll see what he does. But, you know, the, 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 the COVID year has created great uh, opportunities for some and great uh, challenges for others because, you, you know, you got 25, 26-year-olds playing college basketball. Coach, I, I, and I'm not, you don't have to comment on this. I said the same thing about Kofi Coburn. I'll say the same thing about Jackson Davis. I mean, look. Uh, what the hell, you know, a guy like maybe Coburn, certainly Timmy, Jackson Davis, you end up the school's all-time leading scorer. You're making a ton of scratch. I mean, damn. You know, and you know yeah. this, all the NBA guys you coached, all, every NBA guy that I've ever known over the years, all they do is sit in the freaking locker room and talk about their college days, right? How great it was <laughs> when they were in college, right? It's, that's so true. And it's 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 and it's amazing they they all text you while they're they're playing and they're pulling for you and they're they're it's 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 uh you know I get I get my weekly text from Io you know and how much you know and it's it's just it's it's uh, that's so true and uh, college is such an unbelievable experience and you know they love it. Yeah, I always say, where the hell are you going? Like, hey, look, you're a first pick. Great. Jay Nivey, you got to go. But damn, I mean, if, if I used to tell my son at Michigan, I say, son, listen, I want you to understand something. You're living in this luxury high rise. You go and you have all of your food, gourmet, trainers, masseuse. You will never live like this again until maybe you're 50. So enjoy every freaking minute of it, right? I mean, it's a great life. Education paid for. The way we travel. Um, you know, oh. I don't know who would ever want to go take the opportunity to maybe play in the G League and 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 have that life. I mean, that's a hard life. You you know, and you play in the Big Ten, Dan, as you well know, every night you're gonna play to sell out crowd. You know, on national TV, your notoriety, your attention, your it's 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 huge. So your celebrity, all of that is, is, is pretty good. I tried to tell my son didn't listen to me. I said, Hey man, I bet you can get a sixth year. And he's <laughs> like, ah, dad, come on. I, I did. I'm like, where, you know, where the hell are you going? Hey boss. Uh, I heard something. Well, I'm not going to get into this because I don't want to put you on the spot, but congratulations on all your success. You look great. Your daughter's got on your ass a couple years ago, said you look bad. You took it to heart. You look healthy. I mean, damn, you're an inspiration. You and I are basically the same age. You're an inspiration to me. Hey, it's, um, it's a good thing my daughter said it and not my wife. If my wife had said it, I'd probably be three, three bills and, and, uh, and, 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 and knock it on death's door. But my daughter said it, so I took it to heart. Hell, they've even got they've even got me lifting weights now again, and and uh, shoot, I feel great, and it's probably the best thing that's uh, that's happened to me. So keeps me uh, trying to keep up with the portal and uh, and 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 everything else that's going on in today's basketball world. Man, I could do a whole show. You and I could do a whole show on the effect that daughters have on dads. <laughs> 
<laughs> you're getting ready to go to Harvard and watch uh, watch your senior daughter play. Yeah. I'm, there's, there's no doubt that uh, you know dads have that 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 spot with daughters that you know just is 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 a little bit different. And uh, you know mine mine every time I go every time I go to the pantry and my daughter's home, she says, "Where are you, what are you doing in there?" And and you know that's oh, yeah. just as I that's just as I picked up the bag of chips. And uh, I'm like, damn, I got busted. <laughs> hey, while I got you, here, here's the advice. My daughter and her little group of friends, when they were in high school, uh, somehow, some way, I became the advisor. And when one would break, a boy would break up with them. I got to fix this earpiece. But when a boy would break up to him, they'd be like, Mr. D, Mr. D, what do we do? You know what my advice was, coach? Hey, here's what I can't you do. wait to hear this. You go, you go date the guy's best friend. That's what you do. Go date the guy's best friend. <laughs> That's you're evil. That's evil. I, I mean, and you know. <laughs> I mean that's like that's like that's like that's like dating a twin and breaking up with the twin and then asking the other one out. That's yeah, cold blooded. That's what you should do. <laughs> Two of them did it, and they're like, one of them ran up to me. I was at a game, and one of them runs up to me and gives me this big hug, and she goes, "Mr. D, unbelievable! The best advice I ever got. I'm dating so and so. That's so and so's best friend." I go, "Hey." Look, I just look stupid. I'll let you run, friend. Thanks, my friend. Thanks for everything. Thanks, Dad. Appreciate you, man. Hope to see you soon. Yes, sir. That's the great Coach Brad Underwood of the Fighting Illini. Great job, Dylan. Great job having Coach. I love talking to him. I think he is the best guy in college basketball, man. I love talking to Coach. He's honest. He'll tell you what he thinks. Uh, Illinois will have a fantastic team going forward. And I, like I said, I, I don't know where everybody wants to go. Like, how good Illinois would have been if Kofi Coburn was there? Where's Jackson Day? Where are these guys going? Like, I don't know. I, maybe I like college too much. Maybe I like going to Knicks too much. Maybe I like walking around and having much hotter girls than I deserved uh, knocking on my door at 2 and I don't know. I'm just saying. I don't know. I should, I'll get myself in trouble because we're not allowed to talk that way. But, damn, where's everybody going? Oh, man. All right. Uh, when we come back, this show has just flown by. We got the Dammy Awards. Got some great news on a young man that got shot. Got some, oh, I don't know, interesting news on a Shawshank Redemption type story. You're not going to want to miss what also is going on. It's called the Home Run Dugout. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Hey, welcome back. It is Daniel J. Dakich. That's right. I am here, and you know it, and you love it. And women want to get with me. Men want to be me. We all know how that goes. Thanks to Bobby Barack, and, of course, thanks to the great Brad Underwood. I love Brad Underwood. I'm, I'm sorry. I love the guy. I think he's great. You guys on the YouTube chat, you guys are rocking and rolling, and it is much appreciated. All right, uh, let's talk about some things. Uh, Mike Hollins, do you know who Mike Hollins is? Mike Hollins is the Virginia football player who was shot during the rampage on campus, and he saved his, well, he tried to save 
his teammates. Mike Hollins is back. He's a running back on UVA's football team, and Mike Hollins is back at practice. I got to tell you, if I'm Bronco Mendenhall, the coach, I am starting Mike Hollins in the first game. Now, he may say he doesn't want to start. He may say it has to be earned because that's the kind of move that heroes make. Slappies, well, they don't do that. Slappies say, well, everything I don't like is racist, sexist, phobic. No, real heroes are like, look, start who earned it. We get all that, but look, I don't care. Uh, Months later, he's recovered, he's turned, or he's returned to the field, and he calls it a miracle. Good for you, man. Look, there are a lot of great stories in our country. There are a lot. We, unfortunately, deal with nonsense. We, unfortunately, uh, deal with stupid. You know, we're dealing with where does a dude, born a dude, that wants to be a girl pee? That's what we're worried about. Let's think about it. That's what we're worried about. So Mike Holland says, wait a second. I'm just, it's a miracle. I tried. I'm sure, you know, most people that are, the kind of character that Mike Hollins has, probably he probably feels some guilt that he did not save his teammates. I mean, that's what people of character do. People of no character bitch, whine, and moan, but people of character, they're like, hey, look, I wished, I, I thought, I could have, but man, that dude should never think that way. That dude is an absolute freaking hero. All right, question for everybody. Is this the greatest fake out in not only baseball history, but softball history? Is this the greatest fake out? Let's run it here. All right, here she comes. Here she comes. Uh, nope. Mm, nope. Nope, nope. That's a stand-up. Honest. No way. Look at this. She gives a little point. I'm not looking at nothing. I Look, first off, I'm calling her out because I'm a prude, but I would actually not call her out. Second thing is, how do you go, hey, Biff, look at that over there. How do you fall for that action? Now, I got to ask you seriously, how do we fall for that? You can fall for a lot of things. You know, like if you're playing defense, a guy picks up the ball, puts it over your head and comes back, you might turn around. But hey, hey, look. Over there. No. No, I'm sorry. I'm not falling for that. The catcher did. The catcher forever will be the gal that is like, hey, uh, I don't know what to make of this. I can't believe that I fell for this. I cannot believe this is what happened. Oh, my God. What happened here? Hey. And then away you go. This was in Carthage, Texas. Carthage, Texas. All right. Jada Walton was rounding third. Next thing you know, she pointed. Jada Walton, God bless you. You refused with every fiber in your being. Isn't that what coaches say? Every fiber in my being, you've got to give it to me. I want every blade of grass protected. Damn it. That's what you owe us. (laughs) Well, guess what? Jada 
gave you every single blade of grass. She gave you her all. She showed out. And the catcher, what are you, an idiot? I mean, I know we're not supposed to say that in women's sports, but if I were a teammate, I'd go, how stupid are you? Like, what are you doing? Who are you trying to get out at first? Son of a biscuit maker. What are you, a fool? All right. Well, I guess we're going to lose, and you're dumb. That's what I would be saying as a player. But, you know. All right. You want to see trust in your safety equipment? How about this? This is my nephew. This is not my nephew, but this is what my nephew does. My nephew's insane. Look at this guy. Look at Oh, boy. Can you imagine? Like, when I get nervous watching things like this, my legs tingle. So this is a man who is sitting there and he is, oh, I don't know, trying to fix. I think that looks like either, well, it looks like telephone wires. And long story short, oh. See, I always wonder about this. All right, see where he's at? Who gets to him? How does he get down? You know what I'm saying? Like, you get up. You get in those situations, you got to get down. You ever see those pictures like they're, 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 you know, you got this one rock and somebody's on top of it, right? And, you know, it has some cheesy slogan underneath it, like bring your best or, you know, fart in the wind or whatever it is. I always look at those things and I go, all right, how are you getting down? Well, you repel, dummy. All right, the job isn't over for this guy once he saved his backside, once he saved his bacon, once his equipment saved him. You know what I'm saying? The job, it's not done. Somebody's got to go to him. Somebody's got to be there. And somebody's got to help this man get the Sam and Henry out of there. And it ain't going to be me. I've always said this about the jobs that I've had. I never wanted a job where I could die. Does that make sense? My summer job, first day, we're tarring a roof, Gary, Indiana, Indiana University, Northwest. This guy is deathly afraid of open heights. Open heights meaning I can go up to a building to the top floor, look out at the Hancock Center or Sears Tower or Willis, whatever you call it, but open heights. And that includes just a railing. So when I'm on a roof, I'm literally crapping myself. First day, I'm tarring a roof. I'm snapping lines. And I'm like, yeah, this ain't for me. I'm staying in school. I'm studying hard. Because there are some people that love that. There are some people that think that kind of job right there is exhilarating. This guy ain't one of those guys. In fact, I would argue I would be in the top zero, zero percent of people that are equipped to do this job. Not that I think it's dangerous. It's that I know it's dangerous to me. Again, you do you, I do me, and I would rather be you than me. I would rather not be a coward when it comes to being up on things like that. But guess what, ladies and gentlemen, this guy's a coward. All right, let's move it along. I took too much time on that simply because, well, frankly, I like those kind of things. Uh, Virginia inmates used a toothbrush to tunnel out of jail and head to the IHOP where they were found and they were arrested. This has Shawshank 
written all over it. Andy Dufresne. Andy Dufresne crawled through a half a mile of unimaginable filth. Andy Dufresne, my friend. I don't know how you do this with a toothbrush, but I got to tell you, the guy on the bottom looks to me like anytime you want something dangerous, nefarious, or rotten, that's your guy. The guy on the top looks like he's kind of like, hey, man, I'm high. What do you want to do? And the guy on the bottom, I'll bet you anything. Tell me I'm wrong. I'll bet you anything the guy in the bottom's the leader. I'll bet you anything the guy in the bottom's like, hey, Spanky. You know, and they call the guy on top Spanky because he likes to spank his, you know, all over the place. I can just tell by the eyes, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, Spanky. We're going to tunnel out, yeah? We're going to use a toothbrush. Okay. Okay. You know the guy on top. Look at those eyes. Tell me the guy on top isn't the guy that does that. Tunneling out with a toothbrush is that guy's... That's that guy. And here's the deal. What's the problem? Like if they handcuff me, I'd say, look, I just want some pancakes. If I was trying to escape, I wouldn't go to the IHOP. They went to an IHOP that was close by. I mean, here's the deal. When you escape from jail, trust me on this, they put a perimeter up. They start blocking everything in a circumference. So do yourself a favor. If you are going to tunnel out of jail or if you're going to get out of jail, do yourself this favor. Go underground. Do go underground. Seriously. Either find water, get scuba gear and, and a river and go underground or, or get in the tunnels, get in the, like, uh, what's his face did? Oh man. In the fugitive. Remember when he got caught on that cliff, he was going through the, the sewer tunnels, go through the sewer tunnels, do that. And I'm telling you, you got a chance, but if you're just going to show up at the IHOP in Virginia, let's read here. Two Virginia inmates busted out of jail, headed to a local IHOP after using a toothbrush. 37-year-old John Garza and Arlie Nemo were captured at the Pancakes Joint location about seven miles from the Newport News Jail. They used primitive-made tools constructed from a toothbrush and a metal object to break open their cell wall, access unsecure rebars between the walls. They then used the rebar to break a small hole in the wall, climb through. I once out of their jail cell, they scaled the containment wall, made a run for it. They went to IHOP, police arrested them. Uh, what happened was they were still dumb enough to be in their jail garb. Guys are sitting at the IHOP looking over going, oh, that's two prisoners. We just heard on the news to escape. Hey, we got you boys right here. They're having a nice strawberry pancake, some whipped cream on top, and two eggs over easy to just make it go nice in maple syrup. Now, I guarantee you, the clown on the bottom. The guy on top, Spanky, no, no. And this is interesting. The guy Garza, uh, who is the guy on top, he was just contempt of court probation and failure to appear. I mean, he just a little, he, he's just a mad jacker. The guy on top, or the guy on bottom here, Nemo, he was uh, credit card fraud, credit card larceny, forgery, possession of burglary tools, grand larceny, contempt of court, and probation violation. So there you go. Um, 
The guy on top, what are you doing? You got a little contempt charge. Now we got a, now we got you busted out. Now we got felonies. Now you got to stay in there. Now you got to tape your backside shut for about seven years. Although I think the guy on top, Spanky, I, I, I think he's a catcher. Just looking. I do. You know, there's catchers and there's pitchers, and I think that guy's catching. He just has that look like he'll go along with anything. Like, yeah, whatever you want to do. Guy in the bottom looks nefarious. The guy in the bottom's looking like, <laughs> hey, I got these tools we can break out. Yeah, we can break out of this joint. I'm a master tool guy. And the guy on top's like, hey, man, that's cool. Think we can get some pancakes? <laughs> you know what I'm telling you. You know what I'm telling you is 1,000% true. Don't at me about it, people. Uh, home run dugout. Now, this is pretty cool. In fact, my people, my people sent this to me yesterday. This is 46,000 square feet. This is in Texas, I believe. I do believe it is in Texas. Katy, Texas. It's opening at the end of March. So here's what we do. We got batting cages, 12 of them. Open field, two bars, full service restaurant. Basically, what we have here is top golf for baseball. That's what we got here. Look at this. Now, you can get the same thing by going to Chicago to Wrigley Field and going to Sluggers. But you get dark, cheap beer. It's a dark place. You get, you know, your Budweiser, your Bud Light. The cages are okay. Last time I was there, there was an older gentleman who was in charge of the bathroom. The bathroom was this big. It consisted of one stall, one toilet stall, and one urinal. Uh, the guy, when I walked in, this is why I'm an American hero. When I walked in, the guy who was the attendant in the bathroom was yelling at the guys doing coke in the stall. I opened the door. I grabbed, I said, get out of here. Get there. They looked at me like they wanted to fight, but they didn't really want to fight. I said, get out of here. You're going to cost this guy his job. I'm an American hero. Seriously. That was also the same night on the way home. My buddy Cam and I stopped and we helped a lady, pulled her out of a ravine right over here by my house at about 2.30 in the morning. She got off of a drunk driving charge. I don't know how, but you're looking at an American hero. Seriously, this guy was an older guy. You could tell he was doing this. He needed the job. You know, the guy that gives mints in the bathroom. This is at Sluggers. And two little millennial jackasses are doing coke. I looked over the top. I saw them in there. Now, they, if they were big, strong guys, I probably wouldn't have done anything. But I figure, you know what? I can handle these clowns. So I opened. I go, get out of here. You know, I acted like a cop. Think Eddie Murphy in 48 hours in that bar where he takes the bar over with attitude. You know what I'm saying? That's what I did. Yeah. Uh, Dan, we have a similar thing where I live, but it's for ping pong, not baseball. Interesting you say that, Rick. Lee was in California last week, uh, I think it was last week, watching Teague and her daughter play softball. Uh, one of the dads and moms had everybody over to their house for dinner and took them all to a pin ping pong club where they had an absolute blast. They said it was so much fun they could not even describe. It was just a blast. Yes, Tanner, I am a party pooper, but the guy was going to lose his job. I don't want to see some older gentleman lose his job because some guys decide they want to do coke. 
in the bathroom and they're taking advantage of an older guy? Just saying. I don't know. All right, back to the NFL. The Diligence Award, the Panthers sent 14 representatives, including the owner, Tepper, to C.J. Stroud's Pro Day in Columbus. Now, what do you think about that? 14. Like, all right, I saw Mike Vrabel there. I did. I saw his picture there. 14 of them. Are you crazy? I, that does not mean they're going to take him. What that means is they got too many opinions coming home. That's what it really means. You know, everybody, let's get in the team plane. Let's go over to Columbus. And then we're going to fly from there, <clears throat> excuse me, to uh, Tuscaloosa. And we're going to watch Bryce Young today. That's what you got to do. But, man, is that a lot of opinions. Seriously. That is a ton of opinions, and I don't know that I want that many opinions. I I don't know that I do. I don't know that I don't, but do you? Look, you're hiring guys for a specific reason. The owner can do what he wants. Frank Reich is the coach. Hey, you got to go. Quarterback coach, offensive coordinator, let's go. Scouts, let's go. But 14, I ain't mad at it. I'm not mad at it at all. Good for them. So now they will head to, to Bryce Young. I was on a Birmingham radio station this morning with my friend Greg McElroy. And I asked those guys, I go, hey, let me ask you a question. Do you take Bryce Young if you're the Colts at four? And they said, oh, my God, you run to the podium. I figured that. Do you take Anthony Richardson at four? Because that's more likely, or Will Levis. They both said what we've been saying. Are you in win, mo- win now mode? If you're in win-now mode, you got to be very careful with Anthony Richardson. If you're a Colts fan, that means you've got Gardner Minshew as your gap quarterback. But you may have an all-pro or you may have a flame-out. Who knows? But when I see Anthony Richardson, people say, well, you know, uh, Jake Locker. I heard people comparing Anthony Richardson to Jake Locker. Jake Locker, for those of you that don't know, I think he was drafted by the Titans, like six. Jake Locker, phenomenal athlete. Phenomenal. Big, strong, throw it, but could never get it done. I've heard people compare him to Jake Locker. I've also heard him being compared to Jamarcus Ellis, Mitchell Trubisky. Look, I don't know, but Jamarcus Ellis or Jamarcus Russell, that ain't true. That ain't even close to true. Jamarcus Russell was fat. When I see Anthony Richardson, I don't know about his accuracy, but I know the dude ain't afraid to go to work. He's not. He ain't afraid, not even a little bit, to go to work. So guess what? I'm not mad about taking him. I'm not. But you're not going to win right now, or are you? Maybe you get lucky and you're going to win. But it is interesting to me what's going to happen in this because – People automatically think you can't win with Anthony Richardson. Well, maybe you can the second half of the season. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. All right, a couple of other things. Dan, are you watching the women's tournament? Yeah, but this is what stinks. And those of you that know me, you know this. I want appointment TV. I want Indiana to win. The women's team to win. Because I want to watch them. I want my fat, you know what, to sit on my couch and I want appointment TV. 
I'm not interested. I know, you know, the YouTube chat and all my perverted friends. Boy, the Cavender girls are hot, blah, 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 blah. And I knew it was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. I knew as soon as one of the Cavenders hit the two free throws, shushed the crowd, all the little pervs that are in my, in my uh, chat here were going to start posting pictures of the Cavenders. I knew that was coming. I've never been that guy. Never. I mean, I've been a guy. Like, hey, don't think, you know, please. But I've never been like, oh, man, look at that picture. Oh, man, a porn guy. No, no, no. But the pervs, the dad pervs in my thing are like, look at these girls. I can't wait till their next game. No. No. That ain't me. But in answering your question, I do. I really, really like watching the women's tournament. I think it's fun. I don't think the basketball is great. I think it's better than it's ever been. I think it continues to get better. But I do like watching it. I do. So, and I'm not watching because the Cavender twins, who, by the way, are younger than my daughter, same age as my stepdaughter. Yeah, that ain't my thing. But hey, to each his own, baby. You know what? Different strokes for the different folks. I just never have been that guy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here is my parlay for the night. I'm taking it, and I took it for too much money. Way too much money. When I say too much money, I'm kind of disgusted with myself, but I did it. So I took Tennessee and I took UConn on the money line, and I was hearing freaking Coach talking about, Coach Underwood, talking about how tough, how good Arkansas was, and I wanted to vomit. I did. I wanted a yakety-yak, don't talk back. I did. Because, frankly, I don't know. I think UConn is good enough to win a national championship. I think Alabama is good enough to win a national championship. I think UCLA is good enough to win a national championship. I think Gonzaga is good enough to win a national championship. And that might be about it for me. Probably Houston, too. But Calvin Sampson, karma won't allow it. But that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm looking at. So that's who I'm taking. Anyway, at the end of the day, don't do what I did because you're only going to win a ton of money. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got two woke dopes. I love having two. The world is so full of dopes that are woke, we got to give you two. Let's hear it, baby. Let's see it. Oh, man. Person with a uterus, birth in. How do people not realize how degrading you can support the trans community without doing this? To, hey, look, a bigot. Danny Perkins, shut up. How's that a bigot? Serious business. How is that a bigot? My wife says it all the time. My wife says, look, I got a uterus. I squeezed out a couple kids. I've had to deal with menstruations, menstrual periods. I've had to deal... I don't know if I should say this, a little bit of menopause, and some clown just acts like, well, hey, look, I'm a woman. You're a birthing person. It is so freaking incredibly, I mean incredibly demeaning. And if some little D-bag, and Danny Perkins looks exactly like what you think Danny Perkins is going to look like, he is exactly the biggest pass woke person alive. Hey, a bigot. Because a woman says she's a woman, 
She's a bigot. See, what needs to happen in this world is this little clown, Danny Perkins, who, by the way, is from Maine, if that tells you anything. I'm not friends or family with anyone who denies the basic human rights of our chosen family. If you, well, uh, yeah, improve yourself. Yes, tell us, Danny. Yes, tell us. You freaking clown. Get the hell out of here. I don't even know why I'm saying his name. Hey, look, a bigot. Yeah, because you're a woman. Of course you can support the transgender community. I'm all about the transgender community. But uh, not at the expe- expense of demeaning women. I'll never demean women. That's on you. All right, what's next? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Jamal Bowman is an idiot. He's the latest in a batch of... Can we show the video of this idiot? This guy is a stone idiot. And the way he spoke about it shows that he's even dumber. And again, I'm sure that makes all of us racist because we're not smart enough to understand stupidity at the level that this 46-year-old U.S. representative from New York, he doesn't understand that what everybody knows, including my brother who deals with this, that TikTok is an information gathering agent for China, but this moron is so stupid that he doesn't get that, and then he speaks, and he's even dumber. He's even dumber. So I don't know what to tell you. Call me whatever you want, but I judge people by the content of their character, not anything else. And this idiot is so dumb that he represents us in such a manner that he is all in favor of TikTok. And anybody that's not in favor of TikTok, according to this idiot, uh, isn't smart enough because he's smarter than all of us. It is amazing what Democrats will do for votes. It is legitimately amazing. It's stunning. Republicans ain't got no swag. They ain't got no swag. That's why they want to ban TikTok. This is a leader in our country. Republicans ain't got no swag. That's why they want to ban TikTok. Okay. All right. That's cool. All right. I I don't know what to tell you. But This is idiotic. And that's an idiot. But our standards are so low now that saying ain't got no swag is just what we do. Yeah, it's on Republicans. Well, maybe Republicans aren't idiots. And maybe Republicans understand that, oh, I don't know. What everybody understands is that TikTok is an information gathering tool for China. And that ain't good for us. But I digress. I don't know if you saw this. I'm going to end with this. W-E-E-I. Where, I mean, I've had hassles with W-E-E-I. Okay? I've had hassles with them. I mean, they've come at me and, all right, yay, Rod, go fight, win. I don't care. I think they're a bunch of clowns. Always have, always will. There is a guy named 
Chris Curtis. Chris Curtis is a producer at EEI, executive producer. He had to issue an apology for making an ethnic slur on Mina Kimes. Uh, something about, I'm not going to say it, all right? He said in a pathetic failed attempt at a one-liner, I attempted to bring up Mila Kunis, which was not really that funny, but for reasons I don't understand. I said, Mina Kimes, never my intention for me to say her name. I have nothing to do with the subject matter, blah, 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 blah. ESPN, I like this, ESPN released a statement. There's no place for these types of hateful comments. Apparently, it was a racial slur directed at Mina Kimes, which are uncalled for and extremely offensive. Good for ESPN. Now, ESPN, how about you do Jalen Rose? White man wasted. White boy wasted. How about you do Jalen Rose inciting racism by lying on the court at the NBA Finals? How about you reprimand oh, I don't know, Mark Jones, for saying with his white wife that he's afraid that white cops are going to shoot him. That's uncalled for. How about Kendrick Perkins? How about the same, what do you kids say? How about the same energy on Kendrick Perkins, who is so racist, it's almost like Biden. Like Kendrick Perkins is like, oh, there goes Kendrick again being racist. It's almost like Biden. Oh, there goes Joe Biden again being stupid. It's almost so. Hey, look, I applaud you, ESPN. I do stand up for your employees one freaking time, will you? Good for you. And if you are going to denounce racist, uncalled for words or actions, how about you look right smack dab into the camera? Jalen Rose, Mark Jones, Kendrick Perkins. They say it damn near every day. How about Desmond Howard? How very Caucasian of you he brought into because the guy complained about him, I don't know, coughing or something on a plane. How about we address that, ESPN? I mean, if we're going to, and I am all in on it, I've said forever, racism sucks. I will not tolerate it. I will not tolerate it whether it is my friend, family member, somebody towards me, doesn't matter. I won't tolerate from a white guy, black guy. I'm not tolerating it. And it shouldn't be tolerated. But hey, ESPN, that's a great job you did defending Mina Kimes. Now let's put the same energy into your own shop. Your own shop. All right. We are, by the way, Ken Sterling and I, and I think this is going to go under the Outkick umbrella pretty soon. Uh, we're going to be live at noon talking all local Indiana sports. That's right. We're going to talk about the Colts a lot. So if you want to join us, go to YouTube, find Two Big Brains. I think we're going to get this under the Outkick umbrella, and I'm very, very excited about that. All right. We're going to get out of here. Thank you. See you.